Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these adventures in any order, can skip any you don't enjoy. Today, we're playing using the combat mechanics from a tarot card game called Astral Tourists. In this game, our heroes will embark on a quest that takes them into the astral plane, a fantastical yet dangerous realm that exists within dreams. A bit of a disclaimer, it's our first time playing this game, so we probably won't do everything perfectly. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Astral Tourists on offworldbogle.itch.io slash astraltourists. Build your own Astral Tourist character and play a game with friends. Speaking of friends, today we are joined by Errol. Hello, uh, Errol Corvidbow. I am a four-foot-tall halfling. I wear a large, wide-brimmed hat with a feather sticking out of the back, uh, an eye patch over the right eye, as well as a burn scar down the right side of my face. Um, I wear a white puffy shirt. I have gold rings on my fingers, uh, as well as some nice, shiny new boots. We're also joined by Norridge. Oh, hey there. It's, uh, it's your good buddy Norridge Flesh Ripper. Here I am, a uh, nice seven foot eight, and wouldn't you believe it, the runt of the litter. Uh, my, I am a very large guy with uh, dark gray wrought iron skin, uh, bright orange hair, and red eyes. And you will find me wearing my monastic robes of the Eight Paths Monastery. And finally, we are joined by Kit. Oh, hello. My name's Kit. I'm quite a small little bird person. I'm about... Maybe a foot and a half tall, uh, a foot and three quarters if I'm standing on a little box. Um, and yet again, I seem to be surrounded by quite tall people this time. So if I make a, uh, if I make a squeak, that probably means you stood on me. So just be careful on that. Yeah, but um, I, I, I wear my uh, welding goggles usually. And I've got a little bag for carrying all my, my knickknacks around in. And... Um, yeah, it's more or less. Yeah, um, people don't tend to make clothes my size, so um, fashion choices are somewhat limited. So uh, I'm not quite sure how to finish that sentence. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. With that said, you begin this adventure with a dream you unknowingly share. You work a nine to five desk job at Big Scary Eldritch Horrors Limited. Before you can ponder why such a company exists, your best friend enters the office and tell you they've done it. They finally found someone who shows interest in your degenerate, smelly self. Before you can ask, they say you've only got until tonight to clean your place before they arrive to meet you. First impressions are everything, and if you don't sort yourself out, you'll be single for the next eon. Your office transforms into your living space. Stacks of pizza boxes, used tissues, and moldy food litters the floor. All of your childhood toys, trading card, and anime figurines paint a picture of how immature you still are. You wonder if your date really is a fan of these things. As you fall to your knees in a panic, you wake up in your bed in Nicomoy. It's morning. You're compelled to visit a fortune teller about this strange dream. Well, at least the good news is that uh, I finally had a new dream. Because usually I, I alternate either between flying or, well, more recently I've been dreaming about demonic possums. So uh, there's that. <laughs> I, I can still smell the body odor. It's in my nostrils. 
I don't know where that was, but certainly I uh, I keep my stuff cleaner than that. So you guys are oh, waking up weird. in your beds in Nekamoy. I assume you guys are separated from each other, so you guys would need to... And you are compelled to visit a fortune teller. Would I know uh, where the nearest fortune teller is located? You could find one somewhere probably around the guild hall. I'll go take I a think, look. Yeah, I think um, Norridge's first stop after a bad dream is to uh, go down to the, the mess hall, the cafeteria, and grab himself a, uh, a nice glass of warm milk. Maybe some, uh, I don't know, maybe some like spicy toast or something. Then then he'd probably head over to the to go find a fortune teller. Yeah, well, there's this uh, drunk guy outside the guild hall most nights who always tells me I'm going to hell. So I kind of assume he knows something I don't. <laughs> so we could always go ask him if he's about. Should be. His name's Skirmish, I think. Um, <laughs> without Skirmish's player in here i'm retconning skirmish into a <laughs> a drunk who hangs out beside the guild hall every night shouting at everyone that they're gonna go to hell you know uh so this will be interesting when i, I think i know who you're talking about there I've, I've seen him now and again yeah well he's absolutely huge so it takes up most of the guild supply of ale you've ever wondered why you can't get a good drink nowadays it's kazim all right. Um, so did we say that there's going to be like a fortune teller in the guild hall or are we going to have to go like out into the city? Well, you usually, he the- usually he's waking up about now in the uh, <laughs> in the street outside, you know, usually he needs to wipe some of the muck off him. But nah, that's know, true. He should be conscious right about now. So if want, we could just ask him and let's face it, if he doesn't actually know anyone, then we can always just ask his brother. Who I'm sure exists at some point. Might have to check the wiki. Give me a second. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. So you guys make it to the guild hall and get yourselves kind of washed up after that weird dream, nightmare, whatever you want to imagine it. <laughs> and lo and behold, that guy is outside, sort of like in a drunken stupor, kind of just like, oh, skirmish or skirmish. I forget what his last name was. Killmonger? Killington. Killington, thank you. So Skirmish Killington is like sitting outside going, ugh, sort of with a like hangover, like holding on to a, a, a empty bottle. Ah, you know, I had a cousin named Skirmish Killington. It's funny. Small word there. Uh, who were, oh, fire-breathing kittens. Morning. Oh, oh I've got such a splitting headache. I was going to say, my, uh, my friend, you don't look very good there. Uh, and Norwich reaches into his backpack, um, and as is canon, he is the dad of the group, and so he pulls out, yeah, I'm gonna do it, he pulls out a thing Advil, <laughs> just straight up, <laughs> whatever the, whatever the Nicomuian equivalent of, like, ibuprofen is, he, he pulls them out, and he's like, here you go, this might help you feel oh, better. Thank you, thank you, he takes it, swall- swallows it whole, oh, hits the spot, I'm feeling much better, Oh. What can I do for you? Well, um, I don't know about everybody else, but I had a weird dream, and I was wondering if either you or maybe you knew somebody that could maybe help explain it. Um, it was a, I don't know about the rest of you, but I had a weird 
experience there. Not something I'm used to. Uh, he needs a fortune teller. Uh, someone just set up shop right over there. And he just points. You know that moment when you realize, oh, if it were a snake, it would have bit me. He literally points over like right next to you. And there's a tent set up <laughs> like it's a, it's a blue tent. It looks like it's like one of those carnival tents set up. And um, yeah, it's a minstrel's tent with a sign outside that reads fortune teller with the words minstrel for hire crossed out underneath. Uh, huh. That's what that was. I thought it was sarcastic. <laughs> I wonder where that one came from. Yep, it was right there. It just popped up, just popped up this morning. Well, fellas, uh, you want to go get your dreams read? Do you think they're expecting us? Well, it'd be a pretty poor fortune teller that wasn't expecting us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I feel like I've been here. I've been here enough. I've been on enough adventures. I feel like there's there's something that they're going to be like, ah, yes, I was expecting you. Let's find oh. out. And then uh, Mr. Killington is like, oh, I remember you fire-breathing kittens. Thank you. I'll put in a good word to, to uh, what, what's his name? Uh... Nulasag. Nulasag, that's right. I'm going to say it's just him still with a splitting headache, but getting over it. And he starts hobbling his, hobbling his way back to the guild hall. As you enter the tent, you see... Oh, you guys are entering the tent, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll go in. I mean, yeah. I'm a, okay. As you enter the tent, you see a psychic reading tools and trinkets all around you. Dream catchers, tarot cards, and gemstones sparkle. The soothing aroma of incense fills the cozy interior. Cots with silky blankets and pillows line the edges of the tent. And sitting behind the table in the center of the room with a crystal ball is an amethyst dragonborn wearing your stereotypical fortune teller's garb, including a hooded blouse with puffy sleeves and many pieces of jewelry. You know, I've been thinking, sorry, I mean, sorry, I'm not, sorry, let me start again. You know, it, she's got the dog. <laughs> um, uh, uh, as we... Wander into the, uh, into the tent. Kit's just gonna look up at the other two and say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of worried about Skirmish now, just because he seemed to be fine last time I saw him. He was all, all good, but now he's a, uh, I mean, he, he's been struggling for a while since he mixed out his character level last year, and he's not been able to, you know, progress anymore since. But uh, you know, to get to that level and you know, forget that he's actually one of us." Completely forget fire breathing kittens, but maybe is that maybe there's a clone. Maybe there's a clone of of skirmish set up by the possums, <laughs> and they've kidnapped him and they're holding him in a secret bunker under underground. Oh, who knows? I've seen crazier maybe things around maybe here. Maybe it's like six or seven possums in a coat. You know, last I saw him, he sent us on a, mad, a quest to uh, straighten out some haywire magic. So who knows? Maybe he got copied during during that situation. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. I know that happened, but like, are we, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Okay. Is this, um, is this fortune teller just staring at us weirdly? I imagine so. Um, she rec she sees you guys walk in and she recognizes Errol. Oh, hello again, Errol. It's so nice to see you again. And in such good health. I hope you're staying out of trouble. This, you recognize it. It's Pearl. Oh, those of you who don't know, Pearl's one of the other characters or players in this uh, season. Wait a second. Do I recognize her? Yes. Oh, never mind. Okay. How are you, you doing? You were, 
doing very, very well. I've been having strange dreams of late. I've I've had this strange this strange inclination to set up shop for fortune telling. It's not my usual thing. I usually I'm usually a ministerial for hire, as you know, but today I've decided to set up shop. Something compelled me to. Well, we had a very strange dream. Uh or at least I did. Um I mean, I'm right there with you, buddy. I was in an office when someone berated me and told me that I needed to get my act together and clean clean up because I had a date and uh there was a lot of like oh, oh a date mm, a, a lot of collectibles in my room and there was a foul smell and lots of ruined food which is not at all like how mm. I actually live mm yes yes dreams are very very telling of one's psyche and future mm she just she just nods and thinks to herself. Any idea why I would have such a weird dream? Mm, just it's a telling of the future. I can read your fortunes, of course. So it's just you that had this dream. Mm. Uh you know. Now that you mention that, I had the same one. The same yeah, dream. I, I think I might have had it on as well. Was it? Um, so yeah, not possum related. It was the other one. Hang on, let me get my dream journal out. <laughs> A possum dream, hmm. Yes, uh, yes, a lot of people have been actually coming in this morning talking about possums, including that skirmish fellow. <laughs> he came in stuttering, stuttering about possums. Oh no, you are right. You are right the whole time. Uh, but it is, it is kind of strange that we all had the same dreams, you know? Uh, yes, back, very back interesting. Hmm. Back up north, sometimes we would have the same dreams, but... Uh, my folks would just tell me to stop thinking about dreams and start killing things. So, <laughs> never mm. really got time to process it. I've heard about you, Norwich. I know that's not what you're all about. You're not all about the killing. You're about you're about making friends and spreading the good word of the fire-breathing kittens. That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. You mm. read me like a book. Yes, indeed. So, how do we stop these weird possum dreams? How do I go clean up that apartment? I'm not sure about the possums, yes, as of late. They've been well, I've heard a that people, a lot. No one's sure about but, the possums, but they're there. But this weird dream that you uh, you three shared, not including the possums, but the other dream you had. Yes, let's let's look into it. I'll read your for I'll read your futures, read your fortunes. So you guys go ahead and have your fortunes read by Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Pearl reads your fortunes. After participating in various fortune reading activities, such as palm reading, tarot card reading, and fortune cookie eating, you're set down across from Pearl's table to look into the crystal ball. As Pearl begins to rub the crystal, she asks, Oh, what fate and fortune shall I uncover? The crystal slowly clears up, revealing a head-shaped void. It speaks. Hello, fire-breathing kittens. I have another urgent job. I've been trying to make contact with you without too much disruption. I hope I'm not bending reality in your realm like last time. Uh, what 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 can we help you with? And what is your name? I'm I'm Errol Corvidbow. My name's Ernest. I'm of cosmic horror beyond your comprehension, but I'm a nice guy. Yeah, this sounds familiar. Seems nice enough to me. You sound familiar to what's your name? Directing oh, at Kit. No, oh. it was directed at Kit. Oh, well, that's a bit of a long story, actually. My name is 
well, Peter Kimite, but uh, you, um, you can call me Kit if you can't spell, which most people can't. Oh, oh yeah, I remember you. You were the thinker who created Tin Heart and the Laser Bear. Oh yeah. How can I forget? Yeah, I crafted the model of it to sell, but now I'm too attached to it. I thought that was a weird dream. Yeah, you had the dream. Great. Yeah, you, um, well, here, here's here's the issue. You see, uh, uh, so I I tried to quickly clean my living space by throwing my entire living space into the astral plane. And then when he mentions the astral plane, you can see Pearl shuddering in the corner. Theoretically, anything that I'm not attached to would drift away. But nothing's drifting away. I cleaned up myself, but it'd take too long. There might be a reason to keep something to use later. Collectibles could gain value over time. Look, I, I really need help cleaning my room. And fast. Yeah, I'm good at cleaning places. Uh, I mean, I had a weird dream about... Uh about a room that was in kind of disarray. And so I already got some notes uh, and you can see Norge pulls out like a little pad of paper and it's just like, yeah, has- I, I, I was, I was trying to contact the fire breathing kittens without um, destroying reality. I, I, I got message that I was doing that last time I was here. So I'm trying to contact people through their dreams. Well, I appreciate you not bending our reality. Uh, you know, you seem like a good enough guy. Uh, I don't mind doing a little cleaning, so I don't know about, uh, you two, but I'm certainly in. So, uh, yeah, uh, you, you'll just need to get with a fortune teller to prepare yourself to transfer your soul to the location. You ha- you already have it in your heads. Or y- if you had the dream, you know where it is. We're gonna do what now? <laughs> Pearl's like, oh, he wants, he wants to send you to the astral plane. Oh, I must warn you. The astral plane is not some dreamlike playground for you to explore. It poses a real danger to you. I was once caught adrift in the waves of the void for nearly a century. My mind wandered and I forgot everything about my past. I would have lost my mind completely if not for a passing entity. It wanted me to create, so I created many stories in my mind. Was it a dragon? She shakes her head. I can help you access the astral plane, but you must promise to exercise caution. Always. I mean, if we're only if we're only going to go there for uh, to clean a room and come back, I don't see. I mean, sure, I'll keep an eye out for things, but I don't see how it could go bad. I really appreciate the fiber the kittens. I'll I'll give you whatever you want. I, I'm an I'm an existential horror beyond your comprehension. So I've I've got a lot at my disposal. Kit knows what I can do. So Kit, go ahead and explain to them why I can give them. Oh, well, I got a, uh, oh, well, last time anyway, I think I got some sort of automaton to do, like, standing lines at the bank and stuff. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. I, I, mean, I, I, I created a whole realm for some other uh, woman named Ava, if I remember correctly. I gave her her own, like, her own her own realm, so I can do lots of things for you guys. Yeah, some people are a bit more egomaniacal than I am. I just wanted someone to do, like, my, my, my social calendar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm confident we can help you with this problem. That's great. What's everyone's names again? Errol Corbett. Norwich. Errol Norwich. and Norwich. Nice to meet you guys. Um, so what what do you want? Oh, it's, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about for a reward, for a reward. So you know what? You guys can think about it while you're while you're doing the job and when you come back, I'll give you what you want. Okay. Sounds good to me. 
but please, you've, you've got to clean up my place. Uh, I, I'll leave it up to you guys to appraise what's trash and what's not, because for someone like me, anything could be reused, so... And any, everything has value, so I just I just need to look really good. For, I've got I've got a very special visitor coming over. I need you guys to help me, please. Uh, would you like us to leave you some tips on how to prevent this kind of thing from happening in the future? Oh yeah, I, I could I I'd like that absolutely. <laughs> once once you guys are done, I'll, I'll take your notes. Great, great. All right, so, so Pearl, Pearl, what what do we what do we do? Do we like um? And I sit in a circle and eat mushrooms, or what? <laughs> oh, I will actually. Yes. Yeah. Well, more fortune cookies. Of now course, you but... mention it. Yes, I do have a pile <laughs> of mushrooms here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very. Yes. These these mushrooms and this burning incense and these lovely these lovely beds with pillows. Yes. You. I'll have you fall asleep to my soothing voice, and you guys will transcend into the astral plane. And I will keep you guys anchored here, while you, while you guys traverse. But like I said, you must be sh be extra careful to keep yourselves anchored to where you're at, and you must not wander off and be lost and confused. Your forms will change even, and you will bring some things with you, and some things that were there won't be there. So you must must exercise caution. It will be like being in a dream. Be well, that's very, good. It, but, you must be, but you must be careful. And, um, what's his name? Ernest pipes up. Oh, to, to get rid of the stuff, all you gotta do is just grab it and throw it out into the void. And that should get rid of it for good. All right, that sounds easy enough. And I think at that, Norwich, um, once Pearl kind of points out, you know, where we're going to be, like, chilling while we're in the astral plane, I think Norwich pulls out some rope and literally, he, he heard the word anchor. And so he literally ties himself to the ground. <laughs> it's not necessary, but I'll allow it if it makes you feel better. I mean, yes, they said we needed an anchor, so I'm going to I'm going to be my own anchor. That's lovely. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> oh, yes. The astral plane is definitely a strange place. This will this will come in handy, I assure you. So you guys are getting ready to enter the astral plane. Begin this adventure proper. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Great. You lie down in the bed prepared for you as your soul transcends into the astral plane. You are told by Pearl to relax your body and breathe deeply. The burning incense calms you as Pearl plays a soothing melody on her lyre. With your destination in mind, you awaken in a dream. You appear as yourself, but slightly different. You have things with you that weren't there before, and things that were there that aren't there anymore. Please tell the audience what major arcana you're playing as, and a brief description of your astral self, and any equipment, powers, etc. So, first off, like, in the beginning, Errol, tell us about... Uh, as I appear in the astral sea, uh, my form takes the shape of a duck with an eye patch. Uh, my head is... Uh, a dark color, but with sparkles, almost like a um, star-like quality. Like, uh, the feathers are dark, and there's, like, sparkles of light on the inside of the feathers. And then my eyes are, like, a light blue, uh, and I am in the shape of a duck. I also have a s scrap of 
fabric that is in the is tied around my neck like a ba- bandana. It's uh, tur- turquoise colored. Um, I have a stick and a rock and a torn page <laughs> from a book of uh, on baking for some reason. That's great. Oh, and what is the name of your major arcana? Uh, the Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything else to add? It also says I have a pile of stolen leaves I may hide in for some reason. And that's it. <laughs> Duck that, you could just dive into a pile of leaves that's, that's you can manifest. Says, yeah. It's great. So anytime there's just a convenient pile of leaves for you to hide in, <laughs> wherever you're at, that's great. <laughs> it actually fits this area you're going to as well. Just piles of leaves everywhere. So next is Norwich. Yeah, so Norwich's astral form. Uh, so my major arcana is strength. And so Norwich uh, kind of awakens in this astral sea. And he is, I mean, he if he was big before, he is big now. He's probably 20, 25 feet tall, somewhere around there. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll go with that for we'll go with that for right now. <laughs> in comparison so, to everyone else. Yeah, so he's kind of like his full giant size and strength. Um, as opposed to just being, you know, his normal kind of small, almost eight feet tall. He's mm-hmm. he's like full size. He's probably the size of, you know, uh like a mature adult giant mm-hmm. chieftain. Um he has this so Norwich's normal weapon is his double-bladed polearm, which mm-hmm. is, it also grew with him, and it has all sorts of, like, kind of, it it almost looks like the the decorations on it, there's an actual mm-hmm. word for it, but I forget, uh, they look like they are glowing white hot, and Norwich is normally decently well-kept um, orange hair has turned entirely into flame. So mm. he's just, his head is just burning. You're just heavy metal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> precisely. Oh, and uh, tell everyone your major arcana. Yes, uh, strength. Ooh, nice. And then one other thing before I forget. So mm-hmm. Norwich usually carries like a necklace of an emblem of Giant's Landing, which is his hometown. That that emblem, which is going to be his, or which is his anchor, is mm-hmm. now a set of patterned ruins kind of over his uh his mm. upper chest collarbone I area. like I like the visual of that yeah that's cool so compared to Errol's small duck you're like comparatively like 20 you're towering over him oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the duck is like a foot tall versus a 25 foot tall for just for comparison and finally we go to kit I was going to say, it would be interesting to see if you could fit into that small pile of leaves. <laughs> if you need to hide. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Kit. Uh, the arcana I picked for Kit is the sun. And part of uh, the sun's arcana. It's a little different to the others in that it doesn't need a an anchor to keep them uh, actually in the astral plane. The idea being that people you know with the sun's persuasion actually enjoy being there and because kit is a bit of a dreamer he likes to you know spend time in dreamland um, because in dreamland he's not a one and a half foot tall uh <laughs> non-flying small little outcast he's actually you know 
big and powerful and confident and can fly anywhere his heart desires. And so that's more or less his um, form in the astral plane because it's just like two doors down from the dreamscape. So as uh, as we, I'm not sure how we would do it like in the universe, but like as everyone starts kind of um, traveling and transporting themselves into the astral plane, um, Kit starts shining this bright light and you see that all his limbs kind of start to extend and quite happily he starts growing a set of arms and we have like four giant kind of um, seraphic wings on the back to basically become an angel because that's how Kit dreams uh, to be. And in terms of equipment, he's got a big bow, which I've, I, I reckon which would be like part of a harp because, you know, if we're going right into the angel stuff, we've got a, a mm -hmm. banner, or I've called it the banner of wisdom. What wisdom that is? Who knows? Let's find out later. And we've got uh, a torch, I assume, for setting things on fire. Excellent. So we have be not afraid, we have be afraid, and we have whack. <laughs> <laughs> Errol, Errol seeing the other two's forms or whatever this angelic entity is and a, the giant Norridge is going to jump into the pile of leaves <laughs> somehow he fits there's, there's a little tiny pile of leaves there so as you jump to the leaves and then you turn out and you see them and you realize they're your friends you guys can recognize each other even though your forms have completely changed you know who the other one is as you take in the area around you, you realize that you're the size of a bug on the floor of a bedroom. So when I say you're the size of a bug, comparative to each other, so Arrow's maybe like an inch tall, and Norge is like 25 inches tall. So like, you're a foot high. <laughs> so Kit and Norge are like action figures, and I'm like an ant right now. <laughs> yeah. Quack. <laughs> 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 So, and currently, you're standing on a pile of laundry on the floor. At the edge of the laundry, where a floor should be, is just an ever-expanding abyss. Looking around you, you see various posters hanging on what should be a wall, but instead, it's nothing. You just see an abyss behind it. So, it would seem that everything in this bedroom, except the floor, walls, and ceiling, is held together as a single mass in the astral plane. Do you need, do you need a better description than that? Or do you need me to clarify, like what looks like? Um, I'm curious. What are the po okay, what's yeah. on the posters on the walls? Various things, like you see, like some elders cat hanging onto a pole saying "Hang in there." You see, <laughs> like 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 a, like a UFO, just fly, just flying, just a bunch of just random posters that, that you imagine elders abomination would have in his bedroom. Does the does the UFO poster on the bottom? Does it say "I know"? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I think Norridge just kind of takes a beat to like look around. Um, and he looks over to, to Errol and Kit and he's like, well, I guess we got. And he covers his mouth uh, because his accent is gone. Hmm, interesting. Oh, it's a, oh that's uh, interesting. It's like a Kevin Finnerty situation. <laughs> so somebody's going to listen to that and get that and laugh. Not here, though. <laughs> Somebody will get that, but 
Yeah, Norwich's accent, uh, his his usual kind of upper Midwest accent is gone and is just replaced with a very neutral, kind of like deep-voiced accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, before you guys start going any further, just so you guys know, you guys can start stepping around in this astral plane. And you notice it's sort of like walking on the moon where there's a bit of gravity, but you can like kind of lift off a bit. But you're still pretty small, so getting around is going to be, you know, slow and clunky. But you know, it's kind of low gravity. You feel that if you get away from all the matter that's in this area, you're going to start floating away essentially. So you kind of try to stay stay as close to like <laughs> objects as you can. So, but in that sense, you're saying that like the objects of this room have their own gravitational kind of thing. Yeah, if you've ever played Super Mario Galaxy, it's sort of like that, where everything, you, you jump from, like, plants and objects and kind of hold, hold yourself to them. Like, there's there's a chance you, like, just kind of get pulled off into the void if you're not careful. Or if you just jump into, like, the void and not trying to jump on anything else, you'll sort of just kind of float away. Uh, Errol as a duck is... I'm going to find, like, a small object. Um, what's is what's near me? Is there, like... A uh, pile of leaves? Yeah, or, like, a banana. I'm thinking, like, a like a discarded piece of fruit or something. There, There's a lot of things. Um, you notice in one direction you see a couple shoes leading to, like... You can see a faint golden light behind them, like, in the distance. But you can't see what it is because it's behind the shoes. And you're... T- Actually, if you want... Um, if you look at your taller friend, your taller friend who's like a foot high can actually see over the shoes and he can see what looks to be like a moldy piece of toast with like this shiny golden flower sprouting from the center. And that's in Norge, one direction. Norge is going to point over there and be like, all right, fellas, uh, I think I see our first thing that we can throw away. Golly, this is not going to this is not going to ever feel normal. There are other things in other directions. That's that's one, that's one thing. That's that's where it ends. It kind of ends in the corner of the, of the, quote unquote room because there's really just nothing there. It looks like it'd be the corner of a room. Hmm. Um, in another direction, you see like a a circular rug with like two action figures sitting around like a makeshift campfire. And there's also a pile of leaves over in that direction too. So <laughs> it's sort of. DM, what what happens if I, if Errol jumps and flaps towards Norridge's like ankle? Do I like to to grab onto the ankle? Well, I'm just seeing if, am do I like get sucked towards his leg, or do I just fly up and then fly down? You fly up and then fly down. It seems the gravitational pull is just on the the objects here. So if I jump towards a shoe. I will gravitate towards like the side of the shoe. Yeah, you could easily like flap your way towards the shoe and you'll land on top of the shoe. If I stand on the side of the shoe, am I like horizontally aligned? It it looks like you you'll you'll be pulled a bit to it, but it feels like if you continue going on the underside of the shoe, you'll start to fall away. No, I'm saying so you got- if I jump like I'm trying to get on the side of it. Will I stick to the side like Spider Duck? Yeah. Yes. And then I'll just walk up the top of it and look around. Mm-hmm. Can I see that flower so on the toast now? Yes. In fact, when you're a- when you're able to see it and it's in eyesight, 
you can hear a faint voice calling out to you, Errol, Errol, it's me, Kaelamon. I'm talking to you telepathically through this flower. Why are you a flower? You know it's me, because I know what you had for breakfast this morning. What did I have for breakfast this morning? You had eggs benedict. <laughs> I yeah. I'll leave that up to you. Oh, roll um this is the first uh roll for today. So the way you make checks is everyone has a specific stat, whether it be strength, dex, or will. Those are the three base stats. And you roll dice to see what your what your stats are gonna be. Um and you roll a d20, you have to meet or be below that number to make the check. So I'll go in and have uh, Errol roll a d20. Will check. Oh, that's the only one I'm good at, will. actually. So What what number is your will? Uh, 13. 13? Okay. I got so a, you gotta roll a 13 or below. I got a 12. So you're actually able to make it. You realize you didn't have eggs benedict for breakfast. <laughs> Kalamon wouldn't would have known. Hmm. You know this isn't Kalamon, but it knows who Kalamon is and it knows your name. Does this flower move or anything, or is it just stationary? It's stationary. It does kind of move in place. And you kind of still saw it bend towards you, facing towards you. It's it's a weird flower. It doesn't have really petals. It's more like a poorly clover, but it's like golden and shiny and bright. And it faces you and says, Errol, Errol, come closer, Errol. Uh, Kalamon, how did I get burned? From a sick comeback. (laughs) It doesn't notice you're burned. It misinterpreted (laughs) what burn it was. You know this is the Kalamon. (laughs) Guys, Guys, there's a there's a flower and it's lying to me. It's trying to pretend to be my friend and it's not moving. I'm not sure what kind of entity this is, but don't trust the flowers. I was gonna say, does this flower happen to have a face? It's just it's weird. It's just a it's just has four petals and it's bright golden and it's facing you guys. How far am I am I from it? You just jump to the first shoe. There's one more shoe before you can before you can jump over to that moldy piece of bread where the this weird flower is growing out of. So you're you're far away enough. You're close enough to hear it, but I'm gonna. It can't really do anything. I'm gonna. This is in my head, right? Like it's not out loud. Hmm. Oh, it's talking. Yeah. No, no, you, no. It's saying it out loud. Oh, okay. And you can hear it. It's just really soft. I'm gonna say. I, I, I would say everyone else could hear like a soft mumble coming from that direction. I'm gonna say you're you're a flower of lies. No, I'm Calebon. Believe me. Believe me. I'm gonna. It, it can't really do anything. I'm gonna chop you up and turn you into a salad. No, I am Kalemon. So, how, how are you going about this? What do you guys think? Um, should we well, investigate this talking flower, or should we move on? Uh, I mean, the entity formerly known as Kit um, will kind of consider this a moment and then speak, and uh, similar to Noraj. Um, it sounds very different, kind of like big and booming and kind of quite echoey. It's almost as if it's been shouted over like a great distance and also sounds very different to how Kit normally sounds. And it just says, 
My friend, if you wish for me to burn this abomination in hellfire, then just say the word and I will make it so. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Do it. Who was that? I'm Kalemon. You must tell me, Errol, who was that booming voice? Who? Your worst nightmare. So. Oh, no, it can't be so. So. <laughs> there, are, there is a great power in names, foul demon. And I will not provide mine to you as you have not provided yours to this being here. It's not really changing once. It's just like, it's it's getting more scared. But all I can say is like, I'm Kalemon. And I want, I need Errol to come talk to me. Come closer. It, it's, it's, it's trying its best. It doesn't really have any more material than that. But it is getting scared of Kit. All right. Why don't you take care of this one? Gladly. And Kit will, well, the, the entity formerly known as Kit, uh, will pull out this shining bow of light and knock <laughs> uh, a shaft of, well, sh- I, I don't want to use the word light all the time, but a shaft of shining Luminous material. energy. Yeah, sh- a shaft of like shining energy and pull it back and just loose it towards this talking nice. flower. So go ahead and roll your damage dice. Uh, the way um, attacks work in this game is that there is no accuracy. You always hit and you just roll your damage. So what's yes. the damage dice of your so, bow of light? Is it uh, a D6? So a D8? It's a D6. Okay. So I roll. Oh, and I got a six. Look at that. Nice. So... You loose that bow or loose that arrow onto this entity thing. It screeches out here. And it grows like these bat wings and these tendrils come out. And you see underneath the so the toast is the moldy buttery side that landed on the ground years ago. And it's got this just horrifying like maw and it starts flapping in the air and starts flap flapping away towards uh a giant looks like a it looks like a giant ta- like a dark spiring tower but it's not actually like a like a gothic tower it's actually a tower of pizza boxes it starts flying away towards the top of that um it's it's in another direction you guys would be able to reach it if you wanted to get there but it starts flying it starts kind of flying and running away uh, just for clarification so did the flower turn into the wings of the toast or the flower disappeared and then the wings pr- sprouted from the toast. The way it looks like, you know how an anglerfish has like the little an- the little lantern thing is like a dis- like like bait or a distraction or whatnot. That's sort of what the flower was and it flipped on its back. Like it was pretty much something on its back and it was pretending to as far as you can comprehend. This is this is an eldritch abomination looking thing. <laughs> this this piece of moldy toast. <laughs> With with butter that was on the bottom that that got all infected with like mold, and this thing sprouted wings on its side. And now it's just flying away. It's like it's like screeching out like a dragon, flying towards this towering pizza box or tower of pizza boxes. Is Norge close enough to try and hit it as it's as it's flying away? Um, the direction that the angle and the direction it's going towards, you guys can't reach it. You'd have to follow it. Um, it leads towards a tower of pizza boxes and the path leading to that tower of pizza boxes 
are a bunch of like pieces of um, laundry kind of scattered about. So you'd be able to make it start making your way to that pizza bo- tower of pizza boxes and climbing up towards it. But it seems well, to be running away up there. Well, fellas, I think we should go follow this. Mm-hmm. Follow that toast. On yes, <laughs> finally, its true form is revealed and we will chase it before it becomes a form that can stand against our combined might. After it! So, you guys start hopping your way over to the Tower of Pizza Boxes. It, it's this big stack of like 10, 12 pizza boxes of, <laughs> of various pizzas that have been eaten. That were completely eaten. Maybe some pieces of crust left in there. Maybe And it, the pizza boxes are just left here because it's too much work to send them out to the garbage can. The big garbage can out, <laughs> out of the room. So it's just left here. Uh, That's and they're they're all stacked up in a way where you guys can start climbing up. Um, Kitabriel, I I have to say this uh this new form is very impressive. Well, that's very kind of you, but uh, my name in this realm, I will probably, for safety, not tell you until that abomination is defeated. But yes, you may keep referring me to Kit, if you should so prefer. All right, that sounds good. Um, so, with the weird physics, can I just like climb, like v- vertically, like up the wall? You can start climbing vertically up the wall, but anyone, you, the only one who'd really be able to make it up there without too much of a problem would be Kit, because you're like this angelic creature who can fly. So I'd imagine you'd be able to kind of fly your way up and keep close to the edge without touching or dealing dealing with too much of that. But for um, for Errol and Norwich, you guys would have to make either a strength or a dex save while you're climbing up. All right. I'll go ahead and do... You would be kind of climbing up it, but it's still... Mm-hmm. The pizza boxes are kind of shaky as you're going up. I'll go ahead and do a strength save. Um, mm-hmm. My strength is 15... So I need to roll under a 15. I got a three. Okay. You're able to just start. How, how do you, how do you make your way up there? So usually Norwich is pretty dexterous, but I think mm-hmm. for, for this one, um, Norwich is going to leverage his, just kind of his raw strength. And so instead of doing any like fancy, you know, monk, like backflips and stuff, he's literally just like digging into the pizza boxes and just like, climbing himself up Mm -hmm. and and how is errol going to go about it uh i guess i'm gonna try and like hop flap hop flap to try (laughs) to try and get myself (laughs) of these pizza boxes but you said a strength check Mm -hmm. strength or dex oh good i rolled a four so that's under under 10 for me oh yeah perfect you're able to start hop flap hop flap (laughs) up one at a time where you've got The other, the other two, one's slowly ascending up the side, and another one is just uh, uh, just climbing up with raw strength. So you get up to the top, and at the top, you hear the screecher. You see it flapping, and it's caught inside of a spider of a spider web. It got itself caught, completely helpless. And on the spider web are a bunch of dead spiders, who look like they starved to death. 
Our enemy seems cornered, but do not take this as a sign of frailty. It may just be trying to lure us into a trap, as it seemed to be doing earlier on, so do not take this for any victory for us just yet. So in my equipment, I have a rock. I want to try and chuck it at the toast. Okay. Just roll, what is it, a d6? A d6. I got a one. <laughs> you just pelt it. It goes... <laughs> starts flapping and taking that damage. Still a little damage. It didn't do too much, but it's a little bit is a little bit. And when it does that, it shakes the web. And you see one of those dead spiders come to life. It's a zombie spider. Of what, oh what it, you imagine to be a spider. It, ha- it has more innate legs. It has like... Like a nightmarish amount of legs. Like an arachnophobe would like scream seeing this thing. It looks like hairs and it's just, it's got like, it looks like it's decomposing. You can see a skeleton coming out of it. Even though arachnophobes don't have skeletons, this one does. (laughs) And it it crawls towards that toast monster and it does some damage. Oh, let me roll for this. Does a bit of damage to it. And it starts screeching out as well. So the toast monster is screeching. It can't do anything. That toast is toast. Maybe we just (laughs) sit back and watch this one for a sec. See what what happens here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as it's biting into it, you see it regenerating and getting the spider itself regenerating, getting stronger as it it bites into it and screeching. And you see another spider. There were two spiders up there. Another one wake up and it goes to attack as well. And, scre- and the toast monster screeches out again. It's helpless. It can't do anything. It's just being fed to these weird uh, abominations of these hairy skeletal spider things eating it up. My friends, as much as I enjoy seeing such a devilish being suffer like this, I don't like seeing it suffer like this. I believe we should put it out of its misery and let the spiders have it have their way with a corpse rather than a living, breathing being. And also, just as an aside, the spiders may turn on us after they've finished their meal. So, probably best that we give them as little living energy as possible. You know what? That's a smart call. And I think with that, Norwich springs forward uh, with this polearm. And it's already kind of glowing, but it glows further. And so Norwich is just going to slam it right into this toast monster. Okay, go ahead and roll. I think you so, do a D8 or a D10. I do a D10. Because oh, this is yeah. a, this <laughs> is a big, flavored version of the greatsword. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is going to be eight damage. Oh, let's see. With one final cry, it goes, and just kind of falls, just kind of falls limp. When you do that, taking it out of misery, and the spiders just surround it and start just consuming it. It just it looks very like you kind of get chills of your spine. Just um, just imagining like imagine a bunch of spiders just crawling all over your body and consume just consuming you to where you can't even see you can't even see someone anymore. That's what they're doing. It looks like they become a bunch of spiders. It's very very gross and very just terrifying looking at this. All right, I don't like it. this one bit. We let's let's get out of here, fellas. Yeah, I start climbing again. <laughs> hop, flap, hop. Uh, yep. 
Well, you're at you're at the top of the pizza at the thing. Up so there are two directions you can go. Up the spider web is connected to like these pizza boxes and a bunch of cabinets above you. And then to your side you see a computer desk with like a, a computer mouse, keyboard, monitor, and a big in like this big like drinking cup with a straw sticking out the very on the other opposite end. Hmm. Norwich kind of weighs his options and he looks over and he says, maybe we go on that desk. I don't want to get involved in these spider webs if I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering, so is it like close enough to like jump to? Cause it's not, yeah, you can, you can easily just hop down. No problem. The the pizza box is pretty much like, there's like a couple like stacked up right next to it. So you can just hop down to it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will hop and flap over to the top of the desk if possible. Mm-hmm. And I will look at the browser history on this computer. <laughs> no! <laughs> Eldritch horror is beyond your comprehension, and not and not and not in the uh, not in the uh, what's the name of the uh, I can't think of it, but <laughs> in the worst ways possible. So it's just bad stuff. Oh, yeah, real bad stuff. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> All right, maybe we should get rid of this. I I think that's probably the noble thing to do here. You gonna- Oh, get rid of the browser history? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we got to purge this. As you go to delete the browser history, it's like the, the, uh, it's like when you're trying to control your computer with your mouse and then, like, an external user is also fighting and it's like no you hear something coming out of the speaker no don't delete it i need i don't want to be forgotten and all of a sudden like the computer monitor flashes and like these weird like staticky abominations start to spill out we won't be forgotten and like this a couple of these staticky creatures come out and they're like have the like these tentacles in there Saying, no, why would you try to do this to us? We don't want to be forgotten. Not forgotten. Remember us. And they start start hobbling towards you like zombies. Yeah, Norge is going to take a crack at one of these. <laughs> Absolutely he is. I, mm-hmm. uh, Errol would like to jump and peck at the one that's, that has extends written down <laughs> the length of his body. <laughs> 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 that has what extends <laughs> written down the length of its body uh google it later <laughs> i think norge is going to go after the one that says hot single eldritch <laughs> beings in your area <laughs> okay go ahead and roll both of you all right you i only gonna, did guys i only did three damage that time i got a five okay let's see so the one that, that is the search of extends like is taken aback, but it's still standing forward. It's it's gonna do what I can to attack Errol this turn. And the one that is uh hot hot single eldritch abominations <laughs> in your area is is doing a little bit better, but still but st- was still taken aback from that attack. They both go to attack each of you. Oh wait, before they attack, is Kit gonna do anything? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about how I would use my banner of wisdom in this situation because 
What what does your banner of wisdom do? It helps with it, well. It, it was previously just called a banner. I called it a banner of wisdom to make it sound mm. fancier. Uh, so I'm thinking what Kit would do with it is um, make it kind of appear out of thin air, and it kind of presents itself as some sort of ethereal fortune cookie. So <laughs> like he would it. kind of like break it over his head in a, like bright light, and then <laughs> um, this ethereal voice would say. Learn from your mistakes. Try not to make them again. I love, I love that cheesy fortune cookie. Yes. <laughs> and what does that do mechanically? I, I pulled up a fortune cookie thing on online, and that's the first one I turned <laughs> up with. So <laughs> nice. I'm going with it, whether it's relevant or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the idea to try and convince them that it's probably for the best. That I in the long run anyway, that the these that they'd be deleted these and forgotten. spirits. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I would well, I'd actually I know what I do. I need to roll their will their willpower. Oh. <laughs> well though I don't even know what Googling extend extend me. What what do you say Google extends? <laughs> yeah, just just look it up later. <laughs> For That's your what sake, I'm, I wouldn't. I'm afraid of it. And even it's afraid. Why do I exist? Why should I be afraid? Why should someone be afraid of the word extends? I'm scared now. It's like, maybe it's best that I am. Forgotten, forgotten, <laughs> forgotten. And it just kind of like swan dives off the desk into the abyss. Like it starts like this, this dramatic opera music starts playing as it's like going away. And the other one is like, no, you will not be forgotten by me. And it kind of, it's only slowly falling into the abyss where the other one that made the check is going to attack Norge. It's like, you did this, even though it was Kit that brought the fortune cookie. It goes to attack Norge and Norge takes five damage. Five damage. Mm-hmm. Now Got keep in it. mind, if you once you run out of HP, is you start taking strength damage. I see. Okay, cool. In case you didn't have five HP and you're like, oh, did I die? No, you're still good. I gotcha. Okay, right. so Nord just a little goes banged back up. up to y'all's turn in any order. You, um, <laughs> Errol's adversary, like just jumped off and didn't want to, <laughs> didn't want to be be on this planet anymore. Uh, I don't blame him. And, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I will peck uh, the the one that's attacking Norwich with my bill. Uh, oh, if it's just your bill, it'd just be a D4. No, it's it's mechanically, it's... Oh, you're okay, got it. Mechanic, or flavoring it, yeah. An eight. I had claws Ooh. before, but I'm flavoring it as oh. a bill. Oh, okay. Because ducks don't so have very tough claws. Oh, eight. Nice. This thing is looking like it's about to just scatter and become part of the void. All right. Well, Norwich is going to hopefully finish the job there. Uh, he did five more damage. And it just you just hear a statically as it goes through. It just just scatters away and disperses into the void. That was that. That was that encounter. That encounter is done. He deleted the search history. It's it's for the best. A very noble deed. A very noble deed. I will I will shout out to Ernest. It's for the best, Ernest. Yes, you, you kind of feel like he is communicating back. Yes, thank you. You got rid of the trash that I didn't even think about. I'll need to take notes. 
incognito mode next time. <laughs> she might have needed to check her emails. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Email. E. Autofills to extends. Whatever that is, I'm afraid. Um, so. so this giant cup. Yes. Is there like a garbage bin near the edge of the desk or anything? There's a garbage bin on the on the floor on the opposite end of the desk, sort of next to where the pizza boxes were. And well, it is just spilling out with used tissues. Well, fellas, let's get pushing. <laughs> I do not want to be around this any more than I have to. <laughs> All right, I'm, fo- you know, I'm following Norwich. Usually, and so I think Norwich is just kind of like trying to push this off the desk into the void. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just like, like mumbling to himself. He's like, normally when I, when I clean things back at the monastery, it's like, you know, oh, some books fell over or like, oh, go clean the broom closet or tidy up the mess hall. Like this is earnest, no offense, but this is, this is pretty damning, my friend. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. I've been wanting to clean it up, but I have an attachment to junk. You could call me a hoarder. Oh, well, little things, little things, buddy. Um, and Norge is still just kind of like pushing this, <laughs> pushing this off the desk. Oh, the the giant cup. Yeah. Or the you see, it just you push it off, and then just slowly falls down like it's low gravity. And you see it slowly. You can imagine yourselves falling, just like that one search search history thing. The extends fell down. You see it slowly falling away. And slowly through the floor, down into the abyss, just, just out of. You can you can still see the that entity from before, way off in the distance. It's just floating away. You kind of get this dreaded feeling that if you were to accidentally trip, and not get a footing or not grab on anything quick enough, you would also be falling just forever, slowly through the void. Well, I certainly don't like that, but let's hope we don't fall. Mm Hmm. But yep, that got rid of that trash. So, got, so, so far, you guys have gotten rid of um, search history and the giant sippy cup or the giant big gulp cup. And the toast as well, right? Oh, yes, the toast. Yeah. Well, the toast got eaten by the spiders. Uh, it still counts. Mm-hmm. Spiders are just, if you look back at the spiders, they're just kind of celebrating, like swinging around on the spider web. They're, they're alive and happy. You know, spiders, they're they're good pest control. I think as long as they don't do anything to us, I think I say we keep them. Yeah, well, they're taking better care of the room than Ernest is. I love that. Ernest is like, I actually like the spiders, but they died a long time ago. They're back alive, so yeah. You can I imagine he's talking to you guys telepathically like it's a it's a part of the dream. Like it's the voice <laughs> of God, but it's Ernest. Oh, uh, I've put Ernest on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, where do we go from here? Uh, what What else is around us? Um, above you, like I said, there are some cabinets. Um, on the other side of the desk, opposite of the pizza boxes, is a cabinet with what can only be described as a bunch of eldritch waifu figurines. <laughs> and then on the op- and then across that, like on the opposite end of that desk is a bed with like that's definitely not made 
it's definitely like messy um the figurines are they like neatly placed in there and also oh they're very neatly placed but you don't know what you're looking at there's a bunch of tentacles a bunch of weird curves in all the right places and all the wrong places and they're wearing weird things and you're not sure what you're looking at but you know it's probably dirty but they are very very neat and kept up very tidy so is there a door that we can close just to put them in so they're not in like plain sight yeah they're standing on like an end table that has like one of those pull out um cabinets but it's not pulled out it's closed right now all right well i think that's our next move i Mm -hmm. uh I certainly don't know what I'm looking at. I feel like the fact that I don't know what I'm looking at means that they should probably be hidden for now. Um, If somebody can open the drawer, I could get up on the top and try to push these things in, maybe. Nor just going to look to Kit since he has wings. You mm-hmm. made the right decision there, friend. I believe I should be able to glide down. And hold this drawer open for you, although I would request maybe my flat-footed friend here accompany me, so just in case there are horrors beyond any of our comprehension inside the drawer that may need to be dealt with. You know, yeah, that's a good call. All right, I'll come with. So all three of you are essentially flying on top of Kit, making your way to that desk drawer. Um, I would actually wait up above, and then if they can open the drawer, I mm-hmm. would like to jump down and like knock one of the figurines so they domino effect into the drawer. Oh, okay. Or attempt it at least. This so, would have been yeah. a useful time to have that rope, I believe you had in the material plane, but it seems to have transmogrified itself into what is that anyway? Are are you speaking to me? I'm speaking to whoever anchored themselves. Oh. Physically. That would be me. And I can't remember who it was. It was me. You know, maybe that uh, maybe that would have been helpful here, but Pearl did say that we needed to anchor ourselves. So better safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you guys are definitely close. The, the desk is close enough to where you guys could hop from the table and kick and fly down towards the, the dresser to open it up. As, so who's going to be, f- so let's see, Let me make sure I paint this correctly. Norwich and Kit are, er, Norwich is pretty much ha- holding on the Kit and you guys are flying down towards the desk or is uh, Norwich staying on the desk? I think Norwich is going to stay on the desk, just getting ready to like jump down if, uh, if need be. Mm-hmm. And you can easily jump down. And so was Errol. No, I'm waiting on the desk until they open the drawer right hopefully so so you're both waiting on the desk ready to jump jump down there yeah and it's just kit flying down okay so kit you fly down there and the figurines sort of come to life but they're sort of stuck on their they have like a little circular desk thing that they're standing on and they start like they're saying oh hello there sweetie do you want to come get some sugar and they start friends block your ears do not listen to their beguiling anthems. <laughs> so with that, um, you go to the desk to open it. They're, they're just shake. They're just swaying back and forth. They're sort of doing like the flower was doing, trying to get Friends, your attention. Trying avert to get your, your eyes, avert your ears, and we will get through this together. 
So Singer you get, him. You get to the desk. It's going to take a bit of strength to open it, though, if you've got that. Uh, yeah, I can. I can certainly help. Uh, like open the desk from one side. Mm. Well, this is the desk drawer. You have to jump down to the desk drawer. Oh, I see. Then it's okay. I will just. I can probably manage it. I'll let you know if I need assistance. I'll just yell uh, affirming phrases from up top. I believe I may need some assistance down here. It seems stuck. I got a 20. Which is usually a good thing, but not in this game. You're doing your best to pull on it, and as it turns out, the that desk is actually locked. That's what the... Friends, <laughs> that's what there is some to... trickery afoot. But there is a desk underneath. All right. But it's on the, on the floor, and the abyss is down at the floor. You won't be able to actually get down there to open it. Or it, it takes it takes some some finessing and skill to get down there without is the what the way the desk drawer is, it's 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 an end table with two drawers, one on top, one on the bottom. You'd be able to easily reach down from the top to open the door, but since it's locked, you'd have to open the bottom one. And the bottom one you have to actually like sort of climb your way down, which is a bit tricky. If you were to try to do it, but with kick, kick could easily managed to get to that second one and try to open it to open that one. I'm sorry, I've just remembered I have giant wings. <laughs> Forgive me, my material self is uh, not quite so uh, endowed, let's say. So as far as I understand this universe, I should be able to make short work of this. Flap, 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 flap. Yeah, so you start slowly floating towards the bottom one to make another yeah. strength check. Hopefully this will not be locked either. Ah, yes. Well, my skill in strength is uh, 12. I rolled a 10. Perfect. With a, with a bit of force, you start to slowly open it. Open it again. You hear a rumble inside. And before you can react, you open it a third time. And inside is a, gi- is a giant figurine of a bear with a, gi- <laughs> with a giant laser strapped to its back. Well, I wish I could say I was surprised, but no, I can say that. I am surprised. And it looks up at you and it screams. Like, roar, just roars up at you. And with that, um, we'll head on to break. So, joining us for this session were Errol. Uh, what a surprise. Norwich. Well, this certainly was not what I was expecting. And Kit. You excelled at pleasing others. Though that was another fortune cookie. (laughs) (laughs) And before we head out, we have a review from Bunyan411. I love the fun character shenanigans. Keep up the great stories. Thank you, Bunyan411. And we'll come back after this break. Bye. 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 Very well. Today's intermission shout-out is from Jerry Draws, spelled J-E-R-I, who says, quote, New book release! Kala Goes to College is a children's book for ages 5 to 10 that tells a story about Kala and her exciting journey to go to college, encourages higher education in children, on sale for only $3.99, end quote. Arrange for us to read your shout-out at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com, buy our books from Amazon and our audible audiobooks, and tell someone about us. Bye. Back to the show. 
All right, welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Uh, we just got done taking a break, and we're back in the astral plane. Would someone please give a recap? Sure, I'll recap. So we, uh, collectively, we all had a dream uh, of being inside of an office building. Uh, I believe it was called uh, uh, Eldritch Horror... Big Scary Eldritch Horrors Limited. Uh, and uh, someone approached us uh, in a very insulting manner and told us to get our act together and clean up because we had a, a big date coming up. So we ran home uh, in our dream and went to a disgusting apartment, at which point we kind of panicked and awoke from our dreams. Uh, we all kind of sought out uh, a fortune teller and uh, per kit's direction we questioned a drunken skirmish killington on the side of the street or perhaps someone posing as skirmish killington killington or or multiple persons posing as skirmish killington either way (laughs) he directed us (laughs) or they directed us to a uh fortune teller which happened to be pearl uh operating in a tent uh outside of the guild hall um, she threw some fortune telling, multiple fortune telling devices like fortune cookies, uh, tarot cards and, um, other palm reading perhaps, uh, found a way to connect with a spirit in the astral sea, uh, that needed our help. Uh, this individual's name was Ernest. And they needed help cleaning their room for their uh, date that was coming up. And the dream that we had was them trying to reach out to the fire-breathing kittens without entering our world and warping everything. Um, We traveled to the Astral Sea with the help of some psychotropic mushrooms, uh, whereupon we transformed... Uh, Norwich became a big fiery headed giant, much larger than he is in the material plane. I turned into an astral duck and Kit turned into a very angelic, uh, figure, large, imposing and divine angel like being. Uh, we, took in our surroundings a little bit. Uh, I found some large sneakers uh, and we spotted some toast that had a flower that was lying about who it was and it was claiming to be Kalamon. Then I, uh, Norwich attacked it. It sprouted some bat wings. Oh no, I'm sorry. Kit attacked it. It sprouted some bat wings and then flew away. Uh, We chased it and chased it up some pizza boxes where it got stuck into a spider web and the spiders that were on there that we thought were dead turned out to be zombie spiders that ate the toast uh, or attempted to eat the toast. And then Norwich put it out of its misery. Uh, I think they still ate it, but it was dead. And then we escaped from that onto the desk where we tried to delete Ernest's browser history because it was very dirty. And then... Um, we accomplished that by defeating his browser history in like a electrical golem form of some type. And then we disposed of an old big go- big gulp cup. And we also started to try and push some 
waifu figurines into a drawer to hide them from uh, Ernest's guest. And I believe the one of the drawers that was opened had a laser-bearing teddy bear figurine, and that's where we left off. Excellent, yeah. And a laser bear is a callback to um, Meat Puppet Saves Universe because the the design Ernest, the designer, was the one that what that that was sending them on the job to do that mission. If you it, to do that episode, if you want to listen to that one, it's called Meat Puppet Saves Universe. Yeah. So yeah, where we last Kit, left uh, off, Kit spawned Kit. in. I was going to say Kit, Kit spawned in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a laser bear for mm. reasons best known to past me. Yep. So the laser bear is roaring up at Kit right now. Doesn't seem to be able to attack because it's inside the drawer, but is looking up and is roaring at Kit. I would like to calmly and angelically close the drawer again. <laughs> okay. You can do that, no problem. <laughs> Friends, I believe there is a minor issue. A sir minor, if you will. Nice. Nice joke. Good one. Well, in the grand scheme of things, perhaps we should just get rid of these figurines if we can't hide them, because I think it might be better in the long run if they're not shown to this person that's coming to visit. Yeah, and I mean, he did say that he has ways of reusing things. So, I'm sure he'll find more. Um, Errol would like to try and jump off the desk, flap in, flap his way into the furthest, the the figurine furthest back, and try to knock them off in like a domino effect kind of thing onto the ground or into the void or whatever. Okay, you jump down. You're able to start. You guys are able to start knocking them down as you're as you're putting your hands on them. They're like, "Yes, put your hands on me." Why are you doing? And you push them off and say, "No, I want attention. No, remember me." As they start falling away, I will. I think as they fall, Norwich is going to look down and is just going to be like, "I will do everything in my power to forget that I ever saw you." No. <laughs> So yeah, just pushing them off into the void. No problem. And as you guys are doing that, you start hearing like a, hey, hey, somewhere somewhere in the distance and sort of in the direction you guys spawned in, like where you guys woke up. You kind of look over and you see two act- look like action figures next to a campfire that are kind of waving your direction, like trying to get your attention. They're actually kind of far away from where you guys are standing. And about the only one who could actually make it there would be Kit with his ability to fly, be able to float down there. Yes, but I believe it would be unfair to my friend to leave them uh, as they are in this situation. So we will go all together or not at all. Okay. You can easily start beginning to think that uh, I, I believe it may have been easier at the outset to suggest to our mutual friend that um, he could hire some extra liminal space and pretend that is where he lives rather than asking us to clean this up but it is not our lot in life to question these comprehension proof beings such as Ernest is but uh, 
I believe it would be worth talking to him about maybe hiring <laughs> some some extra space. It is a bit strange when you think about it. You could say it's you almost can't comprehend how ridiculous yes. the situation is. Yes, he could provide whatever it is we wish for our own benefit, but cannot simply click a tentacle and clean up. Yeah, it's very strange. Maybe it's best we don't comprehend the logic. <laughs> um. So if... So would it be possible to like work my way down in my duck form to get down where I can get close to these figurines? Yeah, you could. Oh, you, my, there's friend, actually, my friend, you can you can ride on my shoulder if you should so wish. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn my nose up at a lift if you're willing to uh, purvey me over there. Of course, my well, my material body is how you would say about your height. I can understand the struggles you're going through at the moment. And if you're worried about Norge, Norge, there's actually a way down there. There's actually a bunch of wires leading down from the desk that are kind of hmm. connected to a computer that's down below the desk on that on that on that one side that you're on, that you're at right now. Yep. And those wires actually they're actually all over the place and just sprawled out and they actually connect to that rug where they're at the campfire, so I think Norge is going to take his polearm and he's just going to mission impossible it. So he's going to mm-hmm. just I like zip, it. Line, <laughs> zip line down the wire. Yep, you could do that. And by the time you land there with this badass grace, you got Kit flying down with Errol on his, on his shoulder coming down. And when you get there, um, the two f- action figures are actually action figures that Kit would recognize it's actually action figures in the form of Trevor the Great and Vicious Icar, the pirate captain. Arg. Ah, yes, my friends, we have met previously, although I was in somewhat of a, a different form then. Hey, but it is me, Kit. Oh, yeah, you're like God and stuff. Hey, yeah, it wasn't. Trevor DeGreat's voice like a surfer dude, I think. Maybe. Here, Who knows? Give me a second. To look yeah, at. sure. Why not? Why not? This is. Oh, he doesn't have one. You know what? He's going to be like a surfer dude. That's fine. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we're we're looking for we're looking for a friend. You know, you remember you remember my partner, uh, the Laser Bear, the uh, you know what what was his name, uh. I believe he was just named Laser Bear, potentially. He had a name, though. I can't remember what his name was. Yeah, we're looking for a Laser Bear. He's a part of our group. He was stolen away from us and locked away somewhere in some kind of prison. A Laser Bear, you say? Ah, you happen to be in luck. I believe I have come across your charge only a few mere moments ago. You see that drawer up mm -hmm. over there? See that drawer? He's in there. Vicious Victor, the uh, the pirate captain says, "Ah, we'll we'll go get him right away." And they start making their way up to the to the cabinet there, up the way that that um, Norge came down. They start climbing their way up there. They're making their way up to the cabinet now, and yeah, once they get to the cabinet, they open it up and they reach in, they grab Laser Bear, 
and they make their way back to the to the rug where you guys were at. Like, thanks, we got him back. And Laser Bear just kind of roars out, Roar! satisfied. Hey, actually, um, since since we helped you find your compatriot, do you think you could assist us as well? And Icarus says, yeah, sure, what do you need? There's quite a bit of refuse littering the ground in this area. Do you think you could help us assist us in picking it up and tossing it off into the void? Oh, yeah, there's no problem, but some of that stuff comes alive. you got to be careful, especially the guys underneath there come to life. When you're not careful, we came from there earlier, and then we were then Laser Bear was taken and put put into a dungeon, mentioning the cabinet. But she points underneath the bed. You see what what seems to be this like long, like plastic box, and on the edge it says toys. <laughs> it's like we don't want to go back there. Those guys are mental. They want to, they want to. Like start an uprising and take out all of, like the, the the new age toys up there, and she points up at the cabinets that are above the computer desk. That's They're not the ones that we de- tossed, were they? No, she's the cat. The you're talking about the little dresser drawer, the ones that you put the anime figurines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you toss. She's pointing up even higher. Like there's a there's a stri- there's a huge thing of cabinets over top of the computer desk. With a bunch of doors, she's pointing up to there. But they're closed, correct? Yeah, they're closed. Hmm. I don't think we need to get involved in a toy civil war. No, I believe you're right. What we may be able to do is perform some sort of waiting in that we put something heavy on top of the box so they cannot get out. Uh, Norwich, not not understanding what a computer is, kind of looks up and he's just like, well, that thing that those entities came out of seems pretty heavy. Are there any heavy objects uh, lying on the ground nearby us, DM? There, well, there's a bunch of laundry, like a bunch of stacks of laundry. If you'd say a bunch of them would be heavy. And like I said, there's... There were some uh, shoes earlier. Yeah, there were, yeah, the shoes, Definitely. Well, perhaps to use a rather unfortunate way of phrase, this would kill two birds with one stone on the basis that we take the laundry which is on the floor, we put it underneath the bed but on top of this box, thus preventing the toys from escaping and also decluttering the floor of all this horrendous laundry. That is an excellent idea. I think that's a good one. I love it. Let's do it. So you and Trevor the Great and Vicious Icker and Laser Bearer all start picking up laundry. But you have to be careful as you're picking up the laundry because this laundry also acts as like stepping platforms. So there's laundry leading up to the underneath the bed and there's laundry leading back to like the pizza boxes. Where do you start picking up laundry from? I would say anything near the bed, move it directly under the bed, like because it's already there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I'll I'll grab the corner of a sock and try to pull it as best I can. It's a bit hefty, but you can actually move it around. And once you like move it in a direction, it starts floating in that direction. So you can actually kind of like 
drag it in the direction you want to go and like let it drag you over there? I will try to drag it on top of the box. It's very clunky and very, very weightless and zero gravity, but it works. You can do it safely. But what what did you say? Oh, I was just going to say, would I be able to help? Yes. Great. Then I do that. Mm-hmm. I it imagine is a pretty pretty large task. It, it would be a kind of a medium minor task, like in real if you were real big. But since you guys are really small, it's a pretty hefty task. So, but you guys are able to get it done after after a time being with all of you working on it. Yeah, I I imagine like one of us is probably at the bottom, one of us is like at the top, and we're just kind of like moving these shoes up to the mm-hmm. the top. They got shoes and laundry now holding that box down to keep them from bursting out. And you cleaned up the the quote-unquote floor in that area. Unfortunately, it's there's nothing really to grab onto after you get the last bit of laundry there, except the a, a part of the bed blanket hanging off the side. So you guys are currently under the bed, and there's nothing to get back to where you were. Oh, uh, actually, so you I... you get on the bed. I distinctly remember seeing the bed was unmade as well perhaps that's something we should take care of yeah yeah that's probably smart uh errol will attempt to climb the the piece of uh blanket hanging over the edge mm-hmm. as you got as you start climbing you can hear like banging coming from the toy box saying let us out ah, we want to be remembered but they're they're but uh, no avail. They can't get out with all that weight. You start climbing your way back up and you make it up to the top of the bed. Where's everyone else at? I think uh, I think Norge is going to do the same. He's going to try and find a way up to the bed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you can easily just climb your way up there. Perfect. And again, I can fly, which is a strange sensation for me, but. Uh... Mm-hmm. I'm going to take advantage of it while I can. Mm-hmm. No, a- I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I think Norge is just going to go on a tangent. You know, it's interesting. I uh, I have a glider back home, and I can use that to, to fly a little bit. And, you know, it's really weird being just, like, up in the air and not having your feet on the floor like usual. Yes, I... I- well, my material form has also been developing a glider to allow my puny size to uh, float, if not fly. And I, I did a small amount a uh, short while ago, and it was quite thrilling, in fact. But yes, having, having biological wings attached to my back, that's, that's new. Well, as far as... It goes for me, not having thumbs and digits on fingers is is very inconvenient, to say the least. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so as we reach the top of this bed, uh, what what's the situation? How bad is the damage up here? <laughs> oh, the, you know, <laughs> those weird mathematical, te- like, just weird diagrams of, like, what do you call it? a Mobius strip where it's like when your bed's like, like when you wake up in the middle of the night at 3am and like the beds 
like this in like all your covers are in this shape and it shows like a Mobius strip. It's like that. <laughs> like you don't know how the how the bed got this unkempt, but it is. It's just twisted all over the place. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get going. And Norge is going to look to see if he can find like the the bottom sheet. Mm-hmm. So as you go to look for the bottom sheet, it seems like as you're trying to dig through it, it just gets more and more, more and more strange. It seems like it begins to move on its own. It's like the more you try to make it, the more it tries to mess itself up. All right. Well, this is rather annoying. Yes, that that's the best way to describe it. It becomes annoying. <laughs> it, it gets very frustrating the more you try to work with it. Can I can I try to can I try to wheel the bed into <laughs> into allowing itself to be made? Oh, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. That would how how would you go about doing that? Uh so I think Norwich is just gonna stand like very very parent parently fatherly i guess mm-hmm. and he's just gonna stand like hands on his hips and he's gonna be like all right that's it no more mr no more mr nice norwich you i demand that you make yourself this instant um and he puts on his uh his norwich is not a father but he puts on a dad voice mm-hmm. you hear the bed like angrily like kind of talk back and just with some eldritch gurgly voice and you see like you see like the sheets kind of come up and the blanket come up and even the pillow kind of starts floating in place like norge just (laughs) norge just turns around and he's like nope none of that you make yourself this instant young man it's not listening it's retaliating but you guys get get to get to react so it's actually getting ready to attack you guys um, while you guys are on the bed. Errol is going to pluck a feather from one of his wings and mm-hmm. hold the feather in his bill, and he's going to get close to this thing and attempt to tickle the sheets. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so that's going to be your turn. So you attempt to tickle the sheets, and it starts giggling, but it shakes itself off, and it gets ready to... It, one of the pillows comes up behind you, getting ready to smother you. It didn't quite work. It was close. Okay. All right. So the other two. Um, I think Norwich is going to, he's going to deactivate the like flaming part of, actually, he's going to, instead of using his fire style techniques, he's going to use his earth style techniques. And he's just going to try and like, he's going to try and suplex this pillow back into place. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and roll your dick. Da- are you dealing damage or are you j- trying to? Um, yeah, I'm going to deal damage. Okay. Go ahead and roll it. Uh, that would be a nine. Ooh. Big hit. That's definitely got, that's definitely got it on the rope right now. <laughs> <laughs> just that amount of damage you dealt just with that. All right. So the pillows and inca- the pillow parts in capacity, but the sheets and the blankets are still, still twisting and turning. And that leaves Kit. Hmm. I think what I will do is summon my torch, which for the purposes of theatricality will be two giant flaming orbs I hold in each of my hands. And I can kind of hadouken the fire towards them to scare it 
uh, upon pain of because the oh, machines okay. are likely quite flammable. You aren't actually going to deal damage. You're just going to intimidate them. Well, if it gets too close, it will. Okay. Oh, it actually yeah. Upon seeing the flames and realizing oh, the flames are going to burn us, they they hunker down and they just go. They just remain still. Doesn't seem like they're going to be fighting back right now, with the fear of being burned, <laughs> just engulfed in flames. So My it seems friends, like they're now not would going be to the be time moving. to talk some sense into these sheets. Huh? Um, Errol has an object. Uh, it's a stick, and it's a it's a weapon. But I want to flavor it as a giant leak. <laughs> and he will brandish okay. <laughs> nice. so in his duck form he will brandish this giant leak and he will say I think you'd best listen to my friends and drape yourself in an appropriate manner across this bed Let me. yeah you heard you heard the duck I don't think that would be a very far-fetched request <laughs> for you <laughs> so with that I just rolled and it failed so it's going to it's kind of you just kind of hear it whimpering and start making itself very slowly though kind of kind of begrudgingly but goes ahead and does it the pill is just incapacitated the pill is knocked out <laughs> from the suplex <laughs> and the bed has been nicely made it looks very presentable the room's actually st- you look around the room's actually starting to look like common and decent like those those disgusting figurines are out, are out of the way and unseen the one the giant pile of the laundry's gone the bed's made um it seems that oh yeah all the stuff that was in the corner that there's only all that's left is really a pile of laundry and a bunch of those like just tissues that are spilled out all over the place around that wastebasket i think we should burn the tissues kit do you think you could burn those tissues in a manner that doesn't set the everything else on fire Gladly. <laughs> yeah, let me see. Let me see if I can help as well. Hmm. So for Kit, um, what you'd have to do is you'd have to roll to make sure you don't. No, no, no. I, yeah, you'd have to make a. I'd say it's a dex roll to aim it just right so that you don't set anything else on fire. Yeah, that's well, kind of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So what, what Kit is going to do is uh, pull out his bow again and with the the torch which is going to light the end of one of the shafts of light we use as arrows and heroically pull it back and launch the arrow and hopefully it'll land dead square right in the middle of the basket but let's see shall we there's a lot riding on this one Okay, quick question. Hmm? My dex is a 12, and I rolled a 12. From what I remember, I think that makes it. Yeah. Normally in other role-playing games, it's, you know, if it meets, it beats. But I just wanted to check in this particular one whether it specifies. From what I remember, if it meets, it beats, I believe that's what it was. If the result is equal to or less than their score in that stat, they succeed. Right. Yep, I was about to say. Excellent. Mm. There we go. That's what I remembered. Yep. So I you think the arrow make it. lands it, lands in, and just kind of bounces around the rim a bit before <laughs> landing in. And it just goes up 
in flames like a Molotov, but it doesn't really catch anything else on fire. And you kind of see the wastebasket itself start to, from the fire. It almost looks like that back end of a rocket. You know how like a rocket starts shooting? It, you start to see like a gulf of flames and the flames spurt out. You start seeing it move downwards like a rocket into the void. And, and then it just starts taking off like a rocket into the void. Thank you, Kit. Uh, the the contents of that <laughs> trash bin were were uh, some eldritch horrors beyond my imagining. I believe no one in their right minds would go any closer to that than we already were. So I hoped to uh, spare both of you the therapy bill that would come from seeing that up close. Um, I have a question for you, DM. Is mm-hmm. there any type of if we look scan this room is there any type of like incense or candles or anything that we could light to like kind of create a more uh uh appealing ambiance uh the only things that you could see that might hold it would be the cabinets that are above the desk because you haven't looked in them yet as far as your way the quote-unquote new age toys are up there but other than that, all you see are like the stack of pizza boxes, the spider web, and just one more stack of laundry over there by the pizza boxes. Do we want to divide and conquer these? I believe we should probably stick together in these situations. Well, because as we know, horrors beyond our comprehension may lie underneath every dirty sock. You know, that's fair. That is fair. All right. So which do we want to tackle first here? Maybe look at the laundry, I would say. I, I believe we could... And with a furtive glance up towards the spiders, burn the pizza boxes later. <laughs> On our way out, you know. <laughs> that works. All right, so the laundry it is. How far, so... Yeah, how far is the this next little piece of laundry from where we're currently at? Since you guys got rid of all the laundry that was connecting... Between the bed and the rug, you guys would have to jump from the bed to the that dresser that had the figurines on it. And then from there, you'd have to jump to the desk. And then from the desk, you would have to jump from the desk. It's it's a weird map I've drawn out. Jump from the, the computer desk to the pizza boxes and then climb down the pizza boxes to the laundry. There's quite a bit ways to go. Well, because you cleaned up, you cleaned up the, the other roundabout way of getting there mm-hmm. is there like a is there like a like an exit that we need to leave from or is it just one of those things where once we're done we'll we'll end up back in the in the real world yeah you would be able to i i should have specified is one of the things i didn't think about specifying in the beginning but yeah once you guys are pretty much done you can ask to return and you guys will return okay so maybe we take care of these three in the order uh, in in the order of how quickly we or how easy it is to get from one to the other, so maybe we take care of the spider web first, then we take care of the pizza boxes, then the laundry, and then and then we get going. Well, I believe the spider web we can more or less leave be. They have done they have done no harm to us. I see no reason why we should do harm to them. We can remove the pizza boxes, perhaps last in the same manner we disposed of uh, the waste paper basket that sounds good to me 
And I think Norwich is going to start making his way um, back through that kind of the way that DM you mentioned. So going from the the bed to the to the dresser, the desk down this down Mm -hmm. the stack of pizza boxes. And um, And once you once you you get to the pizza boxes to paint a picture, the the pizza boxes are kind of a little higher than the desk with how high they're stacked. At the top of the pizza box, you see the spider webs attached to the top pizza box and the in the dresser desks or the um you know the drawers all over top of the desk. And you can see those two spiders have actually grown into like this giant, like almost centipede like amalgamation of like this creepy, crawly, hairy thing that's just kind of crawling around the spider web, really active. It doesn't really see, see, seem to give you any mind, it's just moving around it's just happy to be moving around but you can see that the spider webs attached to the to the cabinets above you and the pizza boxes you know how spider spider webs are like latched to things yeah that, that those are the two things that's anchored to <laughs> anchoring a heavy theme in this game or this session yeah that that spider webs anchored to the cabinets above you and the pizza boxes that and the pizza box tower so it seems that we're going to have to deal with the spider web in some way. But you could ease, you can climb down the pizza boxes without disturbing the, the spider web. Because like I say, those pizza boxes are stacked up a little higher than the desk. So you can kind of slip your way down the pizza box tower. I, I wonder if with a concerted effort, we could push this pizza box tower away and it would disrupt the, the spider web. And then the spiders might seek refuge elsewhere. Or spider peed, perhaps. Uh, I I believe I have an idea for that. However, it comes with a certain amount of risk. In that, I, I would suggest we leave this until the absolute end. But, if we hop onto the pizza boxes and... If you imagine them as a, a staircase, we stand one up from the bottom pizza box and we push that downwards so it flies into the void then we go up another one push that one down and such and such and such until we get to the top into the spider web and at that point our task will be completed and we can call Ernest to retrieve our souls into our mortal forms the only risk I can see is that Ernest does not hear us, and we are devoured by hungry spider amalgamations. Let's assume the best. Uh, But before we do anything, Norridge is going to just kind of reach, try and reach back out to Ernest and be like, "Uh, excuse me, are you still able to hear us? Okay. Yes, I can. I can hear you guys just fine. Okay, so hopefully... Uh, we don't have to run into that issue. Oh, yes. Uh, tell Ernest he has a new pet. Wait, a new pet? A spider. What, what, what kind oh. of pet? I've just considered that even though I have Ernest on mute, he may not have me on mute. One second. Ernest? <laughs> oh, hey, kid. Yes, did you hear all that? I heard something about a pet? Yes, we've, um, provided you some company. Oh, I, I'm not particularly fond of company, but I'll take your advice. Well, you know those spiders, they're in the web. Yeah, 
They, yeah, they, they don't move. Yes, they, 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 they formed into a giant oh, single I, entity. I, I don't know what, what, what my, what my visitor is going to think about that. Uh, uh, maybe you guys well, could... Think of, it if, think of it as a talking piece. Maybe you a guys can find a, if you will. Maybe you guys can find a place to, to put it. Put it in one of the cabinets or like the wastebasket or something. The wastebasket is no longer, no longer exists. <laughs> well, that's the issue. If you trust this sort of job to contractors, you have to expect our, us to make decisions to our discretion. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I trust you guys. You fire the kittens. You help me out. Totally, totally trust you, Kit. I believe in you. Also, I'm fairly confident you could probably do it yourself. Move the spider, I mean. Yeah, uh, I'll 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 do that. I'll do that after. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Right, I'm <laughs> going to put you back on mute now. <laughs> uh, Kit, would could I trouble you for another ride towards this laundry pile so we can deal with it? Oh, of course, it's no trouble, friend. So Let us fly together through this. You're able to make the laundry pile foul-smelling land. And where we, what will you do with this pile of laundry? The last one you, you stacked underneath the bed. Is there a, a hamper or any sort of like box that we could toss it in? <laughs> no hamper as far as the eye can see. <laughs> You're expecting some place for him to actually like take care of his stuff and like put it away. <laughs> what about a closet perhaps? Mm, if there was a closet, it's not here because like I said, it's, just it's just this living space, just this bedroom sort of thing. Perhaps um, we could fold them and launch them into the spider web, where the spiders will look after them. It gets them off the floor, is what I'm thinking. Oh, launching, folding them, and launching towards the spider web. Yeah, why not? Okay. I'm gonna take my leak, and I'm gonna prod these clothes, and I'm gonna say. You're all bent out of shape. You need to fold yourselves up right now. And I'm going to try and intimidate the clothes. <laughs> so you're actually trying to intimidate the clothes. Okay. <laughs> One second. Oh, the clothes are actually like kind of gets or getting sassed by you. And actually, and actually one of the shirts that you're, you're, you're sassing like, I guess, a sock. And a shirt that's behind you is like, that comes out and says, No, leave my little brother alone. Ah. <laughs> It goes to attack you. Uh, you're gonna get burned like get those tissues. Yeah, you can roll. You can roll. Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead, and you guys go ahead and make your attacks against this this weird eight arm t shirt. I'll poke a hole in it with this leak. I got a six. All right, it's still up. Uh, I think I'll take a take a crack at it. Mm-hmm. At that weird t shirt is kind of regretting its choices of standing <laughs> up to Errol. Yeah, I bet it is. Uh, that's going to be another eight damage from me. Ooh. So when you do that, you see it kind of get a tear. And when it gets a tear, it's like, I can't be worn anymore, more, more. And it starts to, to slowly, like, fall away after that. Like, slowly fall into the void after being, like, just sliced away like that. And stay out. Get yourselves in order or you'll end up like the t-shirt. <laughs> I'm just wondering whether this constitutes a war crime. 
<laughs> but yeah, that was that was the end of that shirt. Doesn't seem like any of the laundry is like really fighting you now, and they actually start to slowly like fold themselves. But sort of like the socks don't know how to fold themselves. They're just kind of folding themselves like twice over. All like the clothes are folding themselves, but not in like a neat way. Like in a we don't know how to be properly folded. We just know we're supposed to fold. Fold yourselves in the middle. <laughs> they keep folding themselves in the middle. Um, I will... Now they're they're folded into small enough shapes for you guys to to pick up. And like I say, they're much bigger than you guys or around your size. Well, for Errol, the, the duck, it's going to be really large. But for Norwich, with his actual large form, about one foot high, or about, you said 25 inches. Oh, wow. That's like, you're like two feet high. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big boy. Yeah, you're a big action figure. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually pick them up no problem and just start chucking them. Perfect. If anyone, yeah, can, if gonna... anyone can easily chuck them, it'd be Norwich. Yeah, I, I'll i do that then. Mm-hmm. Okay, it'd be a strength check. Uh, strength? And you're chucking oh. them t- up towards the, the spider web? Yes. Uh, I got a one, which is a, I believe, I don't know if they have critical successes, but if they did, it Mm, would be one. It would be a critical success. Yeah. So you just chuck that with one arm, just overhand it right, right into the spider web, hits it main body and it just kind of tears the spider web in one piece and it starts getting sent towards the, uh, towards the, uh, into the, into the void behind it. But the spiders are able, the, the spider the giant amalgamation spider centipede thing actually jumps off when it sees it and then starts scurrying itself up into the cabinets actually makes its way inside the one, the cabinets that are cracked open. And then you guys start to hear a ruckus going on inside the cabinets. Well, so you got ready. You got ready to, yep. You got the laundry folded and (laughs) got rid of that spider web and the spider thing went inside the cabinets and, a ruckus is happening inside it now. So sh- the rest of these clothes, should we try and put them in the drawers or do we just leave them in a pile, a folded pile? At least it looks a little neater. I feel like let's let's fold them. Um, maybe leave leave some directions here. Uh, take care of the pizza boxes and uh, call her a day. Yes, we can leave a note on the folded clothes to make it appear as if they have just been washed and folded. Or to say something along the lines of tomorrow's outfit. in the drawer. Oh, that's even better. Hide it in plain sight. I like it. Yes. So you guys it start taking the... Least make, sorry, uh, it will at the very least make Ernest look organized in some regard. Or maybe we put a note that says donate to charity so that... So it seems like our friend Ernest here is a uh, an upstanding upstanding gentleman, if you will. I like that. Yes. I love this, yeah. Donate to Eldritch Halfway House. <laughs> <laughs> so the act of folding the clothing and and just putting it together, they kind of just stick to themselves and they kind of float in place here since they aren't being forgotten or being unanchored. You guys are just making them look neat and tidy, putting them in a nice stack together with a note. And, yep, that just leaves pretty much the pizza boxes. All right, well, let's 
let's take care of these pizza boxes and let's call it a day. So how do you deal with these? They're big and bulky and stacked up. I think we just burn them. I might be able to, uh, to use some of my flame stuff to make sure that it stays contained. Yes, I, the last thing we need is a, a large fire getting out of hand. I, I know mean, we already have that I guess, sort of reputation, but... Well, I guess we could also just kick these into the void. Yes. Maybe we could do both. Set fire to one at a time and kick that into the void. But that works. Let's try it on the first one, and then if it goes well, we'll just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So, which one do you start with first? Are you going from the top down, I'm guessing? Well, what uh, if I was we gonna say we go bottom up? Bottom yeah, up. Yeah. What if we just what if we just kick the bottom one and all of them fall into the void? It's an interesting way of thinking about. It. Okay, so you're going to attack the bottom one. It's gonna. Are you trying to? Are you attacking it? Or are you trying to push it? Kick it? Who's gonna be? I have an idea. Uh, so Kit, perhaps you could push the top part and then Norwich push the bottom part to like topple it and like you know what i'm saying like kind of tip it over that way maybe yeah. we can knock the whole stack loose yeah let's try it okay so who's, going, well. who's getting up i the, take flight mm-hmm. you're going to the top and norris is at the bottom so each of you make either in this case it'd be a strength or a dex say for either of you either okay. one doesn't matter all right i made a uh-huh. oh you go first I rolled a five. Both mine are 12. So. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 15, which meets my strength. So I just barely. Hmm. Go ahead and describe how you guys are doing this. One's pushing, one's pulling, and you're uh, making it. Since my size is quite diminutive while this is going on, I will just call Cadence and I'll say, heave, heave, heave. <laughs> we got the uh, the Cox one. Uh <laughs> I think what happens is I I would assume that Kit is probably pulling and Norridge is probably pushing just because he's closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Norridge pushes, he like trips over himself and almost almost falls into like a patch of void. But he catches himself at the last second and is able mm-hmm. to like kind of wheel his oh, arms yeah. back and make sure, you know, balance himself. Mm-hmm. So as you guys are heaving and hoeing. From the top and bottom, you're actually able to dislodge them. They start to tilt. They start tilting backwards, and they start to slowly fall away. Slow enough to where you're able to get yourself up and make a way to either jump onto the desk if you're at the top. Oh, Kit's at the top. So you could kick. You could jump to the desk where Norwich could, yes. could jump down to, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, the desk, the, the office chair. Oh, that's what's there now. Um, before we leave, I have a good idea. So, is there like a um? Oh wait, the photo laundry is there too. Is there I'm like? Sorry, go ahead. Is there like a um, coffee table or perhaps a uh, a small little breakfast or dinner area? Um, closest thing to a coffee table would be the the dresser drawer. Um, I will take this this piece of paper from a baking uh. A baking book I have, and I've seen Chico many times do like 
origami or folded paper. So I'm mm-hmm. going to use my knowledge yeah. of that from that I learned from him to fold it into the shape of a flower, and I will place it somewhere near the on a surface close to the door or on the dresser if that's the best place for okay. it. Okay, go ahead and roll a deck save to see how good it is. I got a three. Oh, it's actually really well done. Uh, I would like to make it look like a rose if I could. Mm-hmm. Yep, while you're folding that, the other two are either jumping their way. Kit, are you jumping to the desk or are you coming back down to the laundry, folded laundry? Uh, I will go to the desk. <laughs> I'm, I, I think we could probably help Ernest out a little bit more. So I will mm-hmm. go over to the, how you say, computer mm-hmm. and type in some slightly more wholesome searches. Like searches such as how do I adopt uh, <laughs> an eldritch um, puppy? Yes, eldritch, eldritch spider, spider puppy. Yeah, eldritch like eldritch animal shelters near me. Uh, you know, Salvation Cthulhu Army. I don't know <laughs> what the <laughs> what the equivalent would be there, but uh, you know, get yes, some. I, uh, uh, I will bring up the uh, Cthulhu cooks video channel <laughs> yeah throw on some uh just a quick recipe and nor just like yelling up like a quick recipe as to uh you know dinner for two mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, so we, we have to we have to populate the search history with slightly more sensible and wholesome activity because let's face it a completely blank search history that's almost as that bad as more that's almost as bad. Not quite as bad, but almost as bad. But almost. No, this is great. Uh, let's see. Is there is there some kind of uh, musical device around here? Like some sort of a an eldritch speaker, maybe connected to the eldritch version of Spotify. <laughs> yeah, there were speakers. Cthulify. <laughs> Just Cthulify everything. <laughs> But yeah, there's maybe, there are speakers. Maybe throw on some some nice calm sounding music. I'm not quite sure what eldritch beings listen to, but uh, maybe maybe something nice. Uh, ocean sounds. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, ocean sounds. That I, took me a minute. <laughs> I got there though. <laughs> wow, the place is really spruced up and cleaned up. The the only surprise is what's in the cabinets up at the top, like you're hearing commotions, but nothing's really getting out. You're just hearing you're just hearing like screaming and grunting and like fighting happening. But everything else, if you ignored the noises, actually kinda gets drowned out from the ocean noises or the ocean sounds that you're playing off the speakers. I'm, everything I'm, actually looks really nice. I'm gonna speak to Ernest and I'm gonna say, uh if if your date asks anything about the noises in the cabinet, say it's your pet, and I left a folded flower that you should give to the person that you're bringing over. Uh, everything else I think we took care of for you. Oh, wow. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Are you guys done? I think our work here is done. Nice. Okay. You guys should be coming back. Just, I guess just find a comfy place, go to my bed and fall asleep, and you should wake back up. So you guys got to make back to his bed and kind of just lay there and kind of just nap. Uh, we, yeah. I will do so. All right. You guys go to sleep. 
it it's really smelly, but you kind of get over it and kind of fall asleep. <laughs> you wake back up on the in the really nice smelling like you could like it it's overwhelms you with how how nice it smells now in the like the uh incense burning aroma filled tent with pearl and pearl says oh i am so glad to see you finally came back and are in good health yeah i, I assume you finished your your quest and uh, Chris- norridge norridge just kind of wakes up forget forgets that he's tied himself down and is just like oh man oh boy yeah that was certainly a uh a dream i had wasn't it fellas uh it also oh, so it wasn't just you but you drip that i mean i don't know what y'all saw but i was there and you two were there and we were cleaning up a room and we did a pretty good job i mean you know cleaning can be its own stress reliever sometimes cuz you're getting you know, making things look nice, kind of tidying up some things that you had been staring at for a long time. You know, it it can ease your anxiety a little bit to clean up. So it was nice. Well, that's that's what Master Malakas always says. There's nothing there's nothing as relaxing as cleaning the entire monastery. Now go do it. <laughs> and Pearl like smiles and responds with, "Well, I see our friend here in the crystal ball has." vanished and i don't know if he spoke with you about a reward or anything well i know he mentioned a reward before you went but he's not here at the time i guess he's showing off his room to his esteemed guest at this moment so let's all hope it turns out wonderfully for him and with that you know what i was going to charge you i charge most people but with you three friends i believe you are the reason why i was visited with the dream and with the implications to set up my shop tonight, I'll or today, I'll go ahead and just let you have it free of charge today. And have you guys go on your way. I, th- I think everything will turn out just fine. Job well done for the fire-breathing kittens, I should say, myself. You have a wonderful day. Let me know if you oh, need thank any you. more you fortunes told. Uh, I will make it a point to come back later and bring Pearl some popcorn, because I know she's very fond of popcorn. <laughs> yes, I am indeed... Very fond of popcorn, Errol. All of you have a wonderful day. It was a pleasure meeting you, Kit, and and Norwich. Oh, likewise. The pleasure's all mine. So, the end of that, you guys would go off and do whatever business you have today, thinking about, okay, so where's my reward? When am I going to... Thinking about what I should have asked for, because, because Ernest said, go ahead and think on it, but... And get with you afterwards, but wasn't there to give you a reward or ask for a reward. So you're kind of thinking about all the things you wish you would would have gotten. What kind of things would your characters wanted if you had a chance to ask him? I think Norridge is very happy just doing like the reward is the task for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was he was thinking about a couple of things, but, you know, he's just like, well, that's okay. I don't need to do any, you know, I don't need any reward. I'm just happy to help somebody out. But if, but the one kind of main thing that Norge was thinking of was just having a way to, I guess, like contact his, his family back home in Giants Landing and be able to be able to let them know that he's, he's alive and he's well, and he wants to show everybody how strong he's become. 
Mm-hmm. What about Errol? Um, uh, this individual has like reality warping powers. We've established that, right? Mm-hmm. So, in his mind, the only thing he can think of that he wants is he he reconnected with his mother, uh, Laurel Ravenwood, Doctor Laurel Ravenwood, and then he just recently found his father stuck in an enchanted circus and saved him from that. So in his mind, he doesn't want them to like be love potioned back together, but he would like there to be like a meet cute. And so he's hoping for like a reality warping situation where his parents bump into each other while getting coffee or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just so he doesn't have to do the whole awkward reintroduction because they've been apart for so long. Mm hmm. And Kit, what would you... Well, thinking thinking about it, I'd quite like my my bitpick glider to, you know, A, work properly, like, without having to, you know, attach myself to some sort of horse mm-hmm. to, you know, get up there. But then also maybe just having a little couple of uh, grabber arms on top, because, you know, I don't have hands. Mm-hmm. So I'll lose every single thumb wall. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we kind of decide, like, oh, uh, everything in the Far Breathing Kittens is thumb war. And if you don't have thumbs, then you can't take part in the thumb war. Mm-hmm. Well, so, with that said. thumbs and, and also the rest of the hand. Mm-hmm. With that said, between the three of you thinking and pondering what you could have could have gotten if you thought about saying it beforehand, thinking you missed your opportunity, you go to sleep for, for that day or at that night. And you have just wonderful sound sleep. You're relaxed. You feel reinvigorated. You wake up. And for Norwich, when you wake up, you realize you have this magical device. It's like a a disc or a sto- like a stone disc. And you can actually hear your mother and father calling out to you and just asking how you're you know, and asking how you're doing. Like, oh, hello, Norwich. Mom, Dad, is that you? Yeah, we got this. We some salesman came by and said if we take it's given us for free instead if we speak into this, we could talk to you. Well, uh, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't expect you to have reached out to me. I thought that would have gone the other way around, seeing as how I left. Uh, but I hope, uh, I hope everybody's you know still alive, still kicking. Uh. I've been thinking about you for a while now. Uh, I've been doing kind of my own adventuring. Um, I feel like you probably have to talk to dad. Uh, He let me go. He was supposed to take me out. He didn't. Uh, (laughs) Oh. So, you know, I feel like at this point, you probably have some questions, but maybe, uh, maybe one of these days, I come up back north. uh, We talk about things for a little bit. I know that's not really how you do things, but... Maybe we can do, you know, some kind of trial by combat, something like that, just like old times. Uh, oh, yeah, I'd really appreciate seeing you again. In fact, I should be able to see you. Have you looked in the in the thing, this thing here? And you can't really see what she's talking about, but you kind of take the disc and you look around and you turn it over. And the other side is like what looks like, like a mirror, but you can actually see your mother on the other side. And then she opens her eyes wide like she can see you. Oh, look at how much stronger you've gotten. So well, she can you actually- know, I I did it. Uh, I did it my own way. I know uh, that's not really that's not really how you guys do things up there. But 
I am happy that you can see that I am stronger because oh, I feel that I am. I'm so proud of you. Look at how much, like, you could take on probably the biggest and strongest giants here. Wow. Even how, how? how small you are. Even though you're a runt, but we, but I, I'm pretty sure you can prove everyone wrong now. Well, you know, that's the thing. I, on the one hand, sure, I, I have some kind of cool tricks that I can bring back. But, you know, a lot of this uh, I got to attribute to my friends and the fire-breeding kittens and the people around me. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's not just uh, I know you're very individualistic when it comes to strength and combat and all that. But I really can't take all that credit. It's uh, it's been a help for uh, for my friends who have built me up uh, as much as I've been able to do myself. So, well, that's good to hear. Well, be sure you uh, get get stronger before you come back and and challenge and challenge your brothers and sisters and everyone and your whole family and everyone in the village. Is where because looking at you now, wow, you've got you've gotten so much stronger. Can't wait to see when you've trained yourself up and you've proved yourself. With your friends and all and all that you've got going on, like to meet him someday. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll bring him up, but uh, if nothing else, I'll be up eventually. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many more adventures I'm gonna go on in the near future here, but I'm sure that I'll wander my way back up to see ya. Okay, it's nice talking with you. Call back soon, and it kind of hangs up. If you could call it hanging up, I guess the mirror just kind of kind of vanishes and it's i mean it's still a mirror but the image behind it vanishes so now you've got this weird discus stone thing with a mirror on one side and it's a strange device that that answered all the needs you had and for errol errol you wake up and you actually get a letter at the door from calamon <laughs> errol it's calamon and i can tell it you can tell it's me because you haven't had eggs Benedict for breakfast yet. <laughs> okay. And you were in the astral plane, and I know everything that went out. He, he explains the stuff to prove that's him. Hey, you know it's him. This you won't believe it. I had a vision that you would be meeting with your crew, mother and father, at, in Nicomoy a week from now. It'll it'll happen, and you you will be having eggs Benedict for breakfast <laughs> and get and getting getting to getting to talk to one another again. It'll be after they've spent spent a couple day, a couple spent the week running into each other by random circumstance and you know chit chatting, and they'll and they'll be talking about you and wanting to get back to talk to you again, and it, they will want to meet up with you in Nicomoy, but they won't know how to get in contact with you straight away. You'll have to be there yourself. You'll have to be at this specific coffee coffee shop here in Nicomoy. It gives you and tells you the name of it, everything. Pretty much setting up for meeting your your true parents at that point. I will note the location of the Moon Dollar, and then I will write a response to Kalamon. I will say, "Yeah, it's because the, the the letter is predicting everything you're going to say, so you can have a conversation." It's well, like every time you flip. Well, here's flip what I was thinking. Letter <laughs> I'm going to write my response, and then I'm going to throw it in the trash because he sees that I wrote the response. <laughs> yes, and the, the, the response. <laughs> So, yes, it's very hardy knowing that you're actually speaking with Kalamon and not with fake, weird, golden flower, moldy bread Kalamon. Yep. So I write a response, a thank you letter telling him, thanks for looking out for me. I will make sure to 
be there, and then I will throw it in the garbage because I know he read it already in his <laughs> in his uh, foretellings. So you know that throughout the week, your true parents will bump into each other and have chit chat, and then want to meet up, and then you'll know where the where to run into them by quote unquote surprise, <laughs> and be able to just bond with them. Parent trap. <laughs> and finally, we go to Kit. You wake up and you have an epiphany. You know exactly how to how to fix and tinker all your stuff to get it just right. It's almost it's almost like something entered your headspace. I told you exactly how to put everything together. And you almost have an idea of who put it in there. But you definitely want to get to work right away and start putting that stuff together. So I'd imagine Kit wakes up and goes to his workshop in town with his... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with that, I guess that would be... the. Uh, that's the end of this this session. Joining us today were Errol. Uh, didn't have being a maid on my bingo card. <laughs> um, Kit? Well, I mean, it's it's probably a good thing. We, we've helped uh, an old friend do some, uh, you know, sort out his, well, at least help with his love life a little bit. You know, we've been uh, wingmen, for want of a better word. And, and uh, hmm? yeah, it's been good fun. And Norwich. Well, that certainly was a weird conversation. I'm sure that, I'm sure that nothing's going to come of that again. All right, thank you, and goodbye, everyone. Bye. Hey, everybody, I'm Nick Latham. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we're the hosts of Were You Raised by Wolves? Each week, we try to make the world a kinder, nicer place. Well, that's the idea, at least. I mean, we try. Have you ever wondered what to do if you're ghosted? Or what to do when a friend asks you to borrow money? Or the proper way to eat Cheetos? You know, the big questions. So please find Were You Raised by Wolves wherever you listen. Listen.